You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 333. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, my friends. As always, thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is bookkeeping software I freaking love using, and I would recommend for anyone that is a business owner starting out or already going but not loving the bookkeeping software they're using. Even for new IVFT, as beta training gets started, I'm going to recommend IVFT practitioners if they're interested in getting bookkeeping software. I would recommend that they can use it too. You can invoice your clients with it. You could track your expenses and have your credit card statements uploaded so you can see it all in one easy, beautiful place. When you load your logo, it adapts so it looks so pretty and goes with your branding. It's just the easiest, best. The team is amazing that creates it. They're awesome if you have any questions and you actually need to call for whatever reason. If you have other businesses at the same time and you need to have multiple logins for each one, you can have it all under the same account. There's so many beautiful ways to use it and adapt it to your needs. I highly recommend checking it out. You can get a free 30-day trial by heading over to freshbooks.com lively and use the little like how did you find us section and enter the lively code so that they know that you found it through me. All right, guys, welcome to the show 333, the episode number. Of course, you guys may know I love a line number, so it just makes me happy and on the topic of death or transition as we're really looking at it. This is super exciting, but before we get into it with the collective, I want to give you guys a little bit of some updates and housekeeping that is really exciting beforehand. Number one, about the collective, we just wrapped up our first collective collective, the live special group of people that have chosen to be a part and communicate with each other and create their own meditation groups with each other directly and be a part and submit questions to the collective live over the last three months. We've been doing this as six different meetups and we have different topics that we did them on in this first round, including work and abundance, relationships, health, global events, which you can guess that one lined up perfectly with coronavirus. So we had a lot of topics on that one and self-expansion. So if you want to get these six recordings now that the class is actually wrapped, you can go over to jesslively.com slash CC, like C as in cookie, C as in cookie, or collective collective. So jesslively.com slash CC. And we also can use that discount we've been offering at this time until April 14th, cozy time. You can use cozy time, all one word, all caps, as a 22% discount on any of our products or classes if you want to, including all of the other classes over at justlively.com slash bundle if you're interested in that bundle instead. But it also does apply to the new recordings here if you want to catch them and you weren't able to join us in the collective collective. In the future, Annie and I are excited to do another round of collective collective, the COCO as the group has started calling themselves. We'll be doing that in May. We haven't decided the exact start date, but once we do, I will let you guys know so you can join us if you would like to. It's really fun and special to hear all the different questions people ask and see everybody meeting online, possibly offline too, but having these amazing community connections in this digital world. It works out perfectly that we're already kind of in this new era of time where everyone's social distancing. This is already perfect. We're already all over the planet as it was already doing it online. Also, exciting news on the front with Annie Francoeur, the collective's channel. Annie is amazing. She has a new Facebook page. So if you want to follow Annie and the collective over on Facebook, you can head over to the collective with Annie. 
on Facebook, search The Collective with Annie, A-N-N-I-E, and you can find her webpage. She's actually building a website as well, but this is her first thing she's got going forward to submit some little, you know, channels through with The Collective as she goes along. In addition, this episode is so good. And if you're interested, they mention in the show about death that there's a lot of great resources out there to help you understand it in a greater way. And we didn't actually cover the titles of topical books that would be related to death that you could benefit from. So Annie and I, after the call, actually had a little quick chat. We have two books to recommend if you want, after listening to the show, to feel more aware and getting some good insight into what the space between lives might actually be. So if you wanna get a sampling of that, the one I'm gonna recommend, and the collective approved it, it's collective approved, it says it's accurate. Even Annie hadn't even read the book herself, but I asked them and they tuned into the energies of it and they were saying it was accurate. And so many of these, this is actually a lively show listener recommendation. I got tons of people telling me a few years ago to read this book. It's called The Journey of Souls, The Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. I think there are two titles with the same title, but it's the Michael Newton one. It is a story or it's a collection of stories and experiences from Michael Newton as he was a, what he became a regressional hypnotherapist, I think is the term for it, but he would regress people in hypnotherapy to the space between lives. And it's fascinating to hear how he got into it because he had no interest in that when it started to happen in his own practice. But then over the next decades of his life, as he devoted his focus to that, it literally changed my life. Some It's like up there with the surrender experiment and the power of now. If I had to say three books that still relate to how I perceive the world and the most beneficial books, though I've read, I don't even know how many books I've read. I've read so many books over the years, but the three that still make the biggest impact on me, even here beyond the mind and living in this new way, The Power of Now, The Surrender Experiment, and The Journey of Souls by Michael Newton. He also has a sequel to this book, so if you love that one, go for it. And also, I would recommend, personally, I'm very picky about when I read books and when I listen to books on Audible. This is an Audible book, in my personal opinion. I love it because it's so story-driven. You don't have to take notes. There's nothing really, quote-unquote, mental about this type of book, informationally. It's not like you're you know, needing to take notes in the sense of it. It's really just going to shift your perception through the stories and the experiences that he shares. So I recommend Audible. If you don't already have one, Audible did not sponsor this show, but the code I think would still work. So whatever discount they're offering, you could probably go over to audible.com slash lively if you don't already have an account. Or if you do, this might be the book to grab this month if you haven't read it already and it feels interesting. And I'm gonna give you Annie's recommendation, The Tibetan Book of Life and Death. Apparently this is a 1,000 page book. So if you got a lot of time on your hands right now with social distancing and whatever place in the world you are and you wanna go really deep and really far, apparently this is a very deep, profound book that she's read. She said it was one of the most dense books she's ever read, so you've been warned. If you want a quick, beautiful, insightful, story-driven focus, probably the journey of souls. For me, journey of souls, I don't feel interested in going into a thousand page tome, but if you do wanna go into it, that would be a very powerful book as well that would relate to the same topics. But other than that, let's just say we're gonna start off in the first 10 to 15 minutes talking about COVID with the collective since we haven't had them on about that topic. They're also gonna talk about what you can do with the time that you have whether you're going to do on new projects or whether you're going to reinvent yourself through this metamorphosis and the cocoon we're currently in. And then we're going into my like favorite topic and the collective's been really excited about talking about this as well, death or graduation or transition or however you want to look at that topic. Let's go to the show. 
Hmm. Here we are. Welcome. Welcome to all of you listening. We are thrilled to have this meeting once again with you all and to be able to share about a topic that is dear to our heart, if we can say so, to share about death. So we are thrilled of this moment together with you. Thank you, Collective. I think it's been a few months since we last spoke on the show. We've been doing the Collective Collective, but it's been a few months since there. Before we get into our new topic, can you, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, speak to the COVID experience that the world's having right now quickly in case people are curious on your perspective? Mm-hmm. So that's what we shared in earlier messages. It is about taking the gifts that are in this current situation, the hidden gifts, the hidden treasures that for most are not evident, are not so visible because there is so much fear, there is so much change, there is so much turmoil. So as most of you are forced to slow down, as most of you are forced to change your schedule, your daily arrangements, it is time to dare to hear what is inside of you, to have this conversation with yourself, to listen to the voices inside of you who are yelling at you to have this connection, but most of the time you just are too busy to listen. And this isn't a fault. This is just the way your life was for most of you. So now it is a forced break. It is a forced moment of slowing down, of, of changing rhythms. And this is a blessing for us because truly we know lots of you are suffering. We know lots of you are in difficulty, worried about the financial state of your household or how are you going to keep your business open and all these questions but we think the blessing comes into a hidden form. It is the opportunity to reinvent everything that has been walking with a limp in your life. It is the opportunity to choose, is this necessary in my life? Do I need to spend time, money, energy on this and that and this and that? So it is, the blessing is here. Most of you by now have cleaned the kitchen the fridge, the closets, and you're left with yourself. Now is time to do that. It's time to check with yourself. What do you want next in your life? What are you eager to have, to start, to dream about? And if it's needed, force yourself out of this lingering energy that is very heavy. and propel yourself in what you want to be when this whole thing has come to a, an end and envision this have the intention be the creator have a dream let's say you can create on three scales have a small dream of what you would like to happen and that would be easy have a medium dream and have the biggest wildest dream and let's put an intention on these dreams for the rest of your life and let it be. Let the life force, the life intelligence play with you and release your dreams, release all resistance on how it can happen and let that be. That's what we would like to share with you. 
Beautiful. Now, as the human mind of Jess Lively that's lived in 35 years in the last four, extremely intensely on manifestations and law of attraction, one of the things I've observed in myself and the clients I've worked with is when you say that three dream scale, beautiful, the mind, I'm just going to, I said the same thing to Abraham too, as like a representative of human mind, <laughs> tends to hold on to resistance to not getting. So if it envisions this big, juicy, let's say largest dream, the mind tends to, well, two things, resist not having how great it could be if they don't have it or don't get it. And then two, the mind tries to make a plan for how it would occur. Could you address those two things? Because I find that's usually what trips people up in their minds. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So first, we would say it is also a gift here to see what are the blockages in your mind between you and that juicy, big, amazing dream? Is it, you know, it's time to discover, is it because a part of you feels you're not worthy? A part of you feels uh, you already have enough. A part of you feels uh, you are not enough. Whatever the story, whatever the, the belief system that is holding you back, it is time. It is the most wonderful opportunity to see what is the wall between you and your desired life and work with that, work on it, journal, let it rise, integrate that fear, integrate that blockage. So that is one thing. So it is about focusing you know, you have this dream. Why has it come into your psyche? Why has it come into your imagination? It's because there is something for you in there that is amazing, that is enriching, that is wonderful. So it is about focusing on that, on the feeling that this achievement, this realization, this commitment, whatever the dream is, would bring into your life as a growing energy, as something very positive, as something that is nurturing the whole of you, and you can feel it in your body. And we want you to focus on that and to let go of everything else, to let go of the mind need to want to control how it can happen, when it can happen, and find all the reasons why it could not happen. Your mind is a specialist in that. So let it aside. Say, for now, this is a new experience. We are going to dream big and we are going to do it differently. And tell your mind it's not allowed to find the how and the when, but the only thing it's allowed to focus on and give it a mission. Your mind will love that. Focus on all the positive that this dream is going to bring you. And the mind will slowly make a shift from finding the negative to finding the positive. But it's a learning curve. So it's not meant to go make a business plan in this time while it's visioning this dream. Well, if it is very clear to you and if it comes up easily and if it's a natural surge of inspiration, wonderful. It's like you had the dream and then you're having the grid to apply the dream on it. And by all means, if you feel that flow, let it happen. But if it is anything that looks like a struggle, let it aside. You don't need that now. All you need to do now is focus on something in your imagination that is making you feel good. That dream, focus on the feeling that you will feel when the dream is in your life and let go of all the rest.
Okay. So just to break this down for, let's say someone's thinking about a book they want to write. If they don't feel the words pouring out, they're not supposed to work on the book. They're just dreaming about the book. Mm-hmm. That's so against the humans. They sit there pounding out those pages every hour, every day to be the good little worker they're told to be. Aren't you looking to be something different now than the human? It is about stepping out of the rut, of the grooves that most people have that are holding their imagination and their creative energy back. If you took a workshop that told you, yes, you have to sit in front of that blank page and force yourself in writing, fine, it is an exercise in style and this has a purpose. But if you are meant to write a book, let it rise, let it come forth. And then you can sit and find the good words. But you need to have this inspiration. Otherwise, you'll be writing because you have an agenda. To write a book that is inspired, imagine yourself that you're writing the book and no one will ever, ever, never read it. Will you still be satisfied? If yes, that's a go. Write the book. If no, you know that it's going to be because it's an ego thing or it's something that is proposed by the mind, but it's not a, a heartfelt inspiration. So you have to validate, am I doing this because I want to enrich my experience and then help other people, obviously. But if you're not growing with the creation, if you're struggling with the creation, that's not a good flow. And we encourage you to notice that. Am I in a healthy struggle? Because some, some things do need to be, you know, like to give it more energy. But if it's constantly a struggle, if it's always you're having the same feeling as if you were running against the flow of a river all the time, this is not good. That's not the flow of creative energy. Beautiful. So how can someone tell if they've got an egoic agenda? I love that word you used versus a true inspiration. Well, that's like we said, the best test ever for this is a little bit like the diamond analogy that we love so much. You sit there, you imagine yourself, you write your book and feel, is there a growth process in you? Is there something that you will gain from? Is there a joy that is radiating from the experience that you envision? Joy, not pleasure. There is a huge difference in that. So if you feel that, if you have this like goosebumps when you think about your project, if you are so enthralled and then you may have fears, all right, how will I publish the book? You know, you may have like those normal fears, but if you feel the energy that is so present that wants to be expressed from the inside, that is a sign that you have something first for you, for your own personal growth, and then probably, most probably, people will really enjoy receiving your work. But if you're doing it because the neighbor wrote a book, because it is fashionable to write a book, because people say, plant a tree, write a book, have kids, you don't need to check all these boxes. You are going to write a book or create a business if it speaks to your heart. This is what we would like you to focus on. Beautiful. 
Thank you for that. For everyone that's got a bit of time on their new horizon, they could use this to look into how they'd want to spend it. And I could say as Jess, just for anyone, I've spent several months alone, mostly by myself, mostly indoors in Sydney a few years ago. And I was really worried about getting bored or feeling very lonely because I was mostly by myself. I just selected to basically live a life that's rather similar to what a lot of people are kind of experiencing now in some way. And I just found myself facing the fear of too much time, of boredom. But what happened was I got very tired and I slept a lot. And I was just to share, if anyone feels tired and their life allows them to sleep, this may also be a really good time not to write the great American novel, but to, to sleep and rest. Yeah, we agree with that. And it is also a time to acknowledge what's going inside of you, what's going on, what are the emotions. You're entitled to feel fearful. You're entitled to feel nervous or to feel like any negative emotions. It is there. It is a new and never seen before moment in the history. But then move on. This is important. Acknowledge what's there. Recognize it's there. And love yourself for being there and move on. Give yourself the time to rest. Give yourself the time to reinvent yourself. Focus on your dreams. Focus on the greenhouse that you can create inside of your own self. To have your future sprout from that space. To have your future blossom and bloom from your dreams. And take you away from the very heavy energy that is hovering on everybody these days. Just remind yourself of the source energy that flows inside of every human being and reconnect with that. Take the time to do that. That's the gift. Okay, let's transition. Is this related, the topic of death, to what's going on in the world and how humans are reacting? Is there a segue here? (laughs) Well, we thought your choice of verb was amazing. Let's transition. For us, death is but a transition, and we will expand on that. That's the purpose of the talk. But you say there's a relationship. There is sure an opportunity to reconsider what is your relationship to death and what is happening. And as we are not going to say this current situation is meant to create this and that in your life, we're not going in that direction, but we are telling you for sure any opportunity that any current situation that brings the opportunity for someone who feels their time has come to transition is a good moment to jump on the bus, if we can say, and use that as a reason to leave the body. So for those who were considering on an unconscious level, for those Uh, which the biology was ready to leave and the soul was ready to move on, this might be an amazing moment to shift very easily into the next step of their journey. But we are not saying this is happening to clean the slate. That's not the, absolutely not the meaning we want to have with what we say here. Are we being clear? Okay. Here's a question I think a lot of people are trying to figure out. So And actually, the whole concept of death is so triggering to so many humans that feel this sense of unknown. But 
I guess there's a question. I mean, everyone, it's kind of like almost seems like a there's like a waking up to like everyone's going to die. Like I know everyone knows that, but I don't know that everyone really knows that. <laughs> it's like everyone's going to have an exit. But right now there's a lot of people exiting at the same time. And it feels because of the spread of this so rapidly that it could be possible. Here's the question I think some minds might wonder. Is it possible that people could be dying prematurely because of this happening the way it is right now? Could people be dying at the wrong time, if that makes sense? From our perspective, no. And we will explain. From our perspective, what we see is that, like we said, there this is like a an opening of a larger than usual portal to allow death to be taken, to be chosen, obviously on the unconscious level more than the conscious one for most people. But it is tricky. I feel scared even asking the questions, not because I'm scared. I'm excited about death. I love the transition. I want it to be done in a more sovereign, beautiful way for humans. But even asking you the questions, which I love your answers to, why does it feel so scary to talk about death and things that trigger human minds? How about that? Why are we so scared to even say what we really feel? Because you're not used to it. Have a good look at your society now since maybe the last hundred years more specifically than before. Your society is celebrating birth. They are celebrating. Most people are so eager to welcome new lives in this realm, in this manifested world. And as years and decades have been going by and slipping away, and life has been adjusting to the consumerism and to feeling that aging was kind of a defect of the body instead of a wise moment to be used wisely. People have been distancing themselves from death, its process, its necessity, and its absolute. It is going to happen in everyone's life. There is no way you're going to bypass death. We are saying this with all the love we have for humanity, but for now, all the human forms are finite. All of you, all of the human forms, all of the animals, all that is alive has a birth and a death stage. And the fear comes from the fact that death is misunderstood, mostly. It is going beyond what you know. And that beyond has been tinted with many folkloric or traditions or let's say tales and uh, quite stunning events that occurred and all the thing about ghosts and spirits and what is happening after death. Is there a something else? Is there another life? So many questions that honestly are not really meant to be answered in this lifetime. But the more mankind is growing into consciousness, the more they are going to have clarity because more consciousness is made available right now. And more people are going to have a sneak peek of what's on the other side. Some of them are coming back. Some of them are writing books about the experience of near-death experience or really dying and choosing to come back. And some other people are having this wonderful experience of being able to hover over all their previous experiences in between lifetimes 
And this is bringing more clarity, but for some people it is bringing fear, it is bringing anxiety because at the same time as you've been as a society distancing yourself from the death process and the death celebrations and the death rituals, you have been kind of forgetting to create this relationship with what you truly are and you've been engulfed in the body, the mind, the physical appearance, the uh, we don't want to age, we need to change our face, we need to change our hair, we need to change the way we look, we need to look young forever. This is such a masquerade of the true nature of the human being. We are not saying it is not okay to take care of yourself, but we are saying to think that you are immortal is a big mistake. To think that death isn't part of the life process is hurting you, is hurting your society, is hurting your kids, because they need to know that death is part of life. They need to know that it may happen in a natural way and it may happen in an unnatural way. There are accidents. And when your kids have a pet and they love the pet and suddenly the pet disappears because it had a car accident or something, it is not wise to say to, to the young one to, to not have the truth. They need to know that life on earth has a finite unfolding. And it is with the small life forms that it is understandable for a child when you lose a bird when you lose a cat or a dog or a fish it is sad but it is showing them teaching them that's the normal way of life in this manifested world and society has been so distant from that now that uh, it's kind of they have lost all the, the wisdom that goes with death so this is the main problem celebrating the birth of a new life and not celebrating the death or the transitioning. It has to be celebrated in a way and it has to be honored and it has to be felt and it has to be seen. And understanding that, grasping the importance of that will bring back balance. And when you have more balance with knowing your life is finite and we insist the life as the manifested form, but who you are is eternal. And enriching the relationship with who you truly are, not the body, not the mind, but the life force inside, the energy inside, enriching the relationship with that is what is going to make all this feel very natural and very peaceful and very normal. It can be, it was before. So it has to come back. Yeah, when I think into it, what I think a lot of people notice is that the focus on the younger, the early stages of life versus the ones that they know often, it depends on everyone's situation, but I can think of a few grandparents of myself and others that when the humans try to live as long as humanly possible and they fear death and they try to put people on all sorts of different machines and they're in and out of hospitals and their mental abilities decay, their body decays, there's this kind of prolonging to the longest possible shelf life of the body, regardless of the emotional mental state of the being. It's just like as long as they're breathing 
believing they are alive and that's somehow always the default. And when I think into what could be possible, by then also when the time they've passed, you've seen this person decay from the to become a shell of who they were. So then to remember and celebrate their life 10 years after they were really that vibrant self just feels like, well, I don't want that last decade of hanging on just out of like machinery. And I think I wonder if that's part of like why there's this not wanting to focus on that part because most people can look at people they know that are elderly that they would never want to be in their situations theoretically in those types of situations when they're older. Well, we believe that in your societies now you have the choice of saying, do I want to be prolonged like this or not? And these are wise choices to be made and wise arrangements to be made prior to going into these cycles, obviously. And we we suggest that you speak about this with your families, that you share on the topics. This will bring more light into that. This will bring more wisdom, more communication. And this will also clear some fears because we want you to see everyone. What is the trophy? What is gained in having someone prolonged like this with respirators and ventilators to prolong the life when there is nothing else, when the body has had enough, when the person otherwise would just be gone? Of course, it's not all black and white, and there are very different situations where these technologies are used, but it's a case by case, and see deeply in your heart who is gaining by prolonging the life of someone. Is that that person, or is that the family who cannot cope with letting go? And it's time to grow up with that sincerely. We're not going to be easy on our words with this because the topic is too important. It's time to grow up. It's time to change. It's time to see death as what it is and stop fearing it. Make it what it is for us. Make it a graduation in your life. Understand that this is a normal process and this will ease all the pain, all the suffering that is felt when that topic is rising, let's say, at a dinner table. I love that. To say that this is more often done for those that are living more than the person. I love the Abraham saying, it's possible to be healthy, 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 happy, healthy, happy, dead. (laughs) To be able to, in, in sovereignty, Martin Luther King, I have a dream that people can die as pleasurably as they arrive and that also the arrival can also be even more pleasurable for the mothers and children as well. But to me, the ability to make that a beautiful, joyful and sovereignly chosen experience from the mind and the soul at the same time in unison rather than the mind holding on at the expense of the body and all this stuff. And then there might be, let's say you get some terrible disease and you can see the decline, but to have the choice to choose to end in a way that feels physically and emotionally good for the individual, can we have that? Is that allowed? Is that allowed on the soul level? That is allowed, absolutely. We want to say aging is not a bad thing. And aging can be done gracefully and can be done wisely and can be done super healthy and super happy. And like you said, you can be happy, healthy, healthy, happy and dead. And that is the natural process. So what makes you 
what is having humanity not taking that path is fears, resistance, belief systems, mind games. And because we are encouraging you to enrich the relationship with who you truly are, that is what is going to show you the way into aging gracefully, feeling happy, feeling connected, and then simply shifting into the next step, dying to move on. So you'll be dying to move on. Isn't that nice? You can have this. It is a potential, but the hindrance is the resistance to so many things, the fears, the beliefs. So as you are clearing your own energy, you can make space inside of your own self for the truth. You can make space for the more authentic you. You can make space for the true you that knew it was coming onto this plane as a finite being to have experiences to share, to grow, to be filled with joy and the pleasure of creation, and then die to be able to move on to the next step. You can go back to this knowledge, to this wisdom inside of all of you. It, it is accessible to all of you. Okay, so I think a lot of people are very curious to know, when you graduate, what happens next? Mm. So there is not one plan for everyone. It's not like a bus is waiting for you and everybody hops on that bus and that's the same route for everyone. So you have choices, you have potentials, depending on how your life was led consciously, less consciously. The rest is a bit of, not the mirror of that, but it's stemming from that. And also the time of death, were you able to give yourself a peaceful death? Were you able to take the gifts that are so tremendously important in that specific portal of life and death? That moment of death is holding a huge potential. So that is why we, we wouldn't say insisting, but we encourage you to have a peaceful at home in a nice inspiring place moment of death simply because the energies can be still the energies that are ready to leave this plane they can be focused on what is coming next and they can use the tremendous energy release that is happening when the body is released to enhance exponentially the rest of the journey to have like an extra push into the next step. So then, depending on the type of death, of course, that you had, what's next? We said earlier in another conversation, there was a committee waiting for you. A committee, we are explaining what that is. It is kind of a bundle of various energies that have been playing with you when you were in this lifetime in a manifested form, they have been watching over you. They have been learning with you, but from a different realm. And they are just waiting for you to come back in that unformed presence. And so they can reunite with you, learn from your experiences on earth, because earth is a school. It is 
providing knowledge to the other realms in a way. And so your committee is able to gather with you, and that's what we will say, gather with your energies and to, first of all, rejoice because there is a huge amount of energy that is felt in that moment. And for now, if you just want to focus on what is happening here now in this moment, the energy that we are sharing is so strong. If you can just tap into it for yourself, just to have a feeling of what it is when your committee is closer to you. We're not talking about you dying now. (laughs) We're talking about you feeling the presence in a little bit more conscious way. Wait, let's go into that. Are the committee's guides? Are they souls you've had other lives with? Could you? It's not the same for anyone. It's various. It's a variable content, we would say, depending on what is your soul choice and what is your journey. But yes, they are comprising guides, uh, angels, uh, teachers, students also who are learning. They want to learn about the experiences you had here on this plane and they want to see what you did because they are planning the same. And so it is a kind of a melting pot of teaching, um, we would say coaches, if we can say that, and then students who are watching what you did. So it's like you went on a world trip (laughs) and you're coming back to tell everybody about it from your hometown. It might be seen like this and it might be seen like you had a role in a play and you were given that script when you came in, but you had also the possibility to uh, be ad-lib a little bit and to create your own script. And at the end of the play, when the curtain falls down and your committee in backstage is welcoming you back and they comment on your performance, if we can say, and they say, oh, I would have done this differently or, oh, this was so brilliant and what you did was so amazing and see what we can do next because you did that. This is opening that door and that door and that door. And so it is a time for rejoicing. It is a time for learning, for planning. And it is also a time for rest. So some souls will decide to linger a bit. Um, Some souls will decide uh, and they will be so advanced. And this is mostly rare, but they will Uh, not need to incarnate again and they will just go on their journey as beings of light but this is like a rarity so most people will reincarnate another time but they have the liberty to choose am I staying and resting am I just going to rush forward and start again that was so much fun And yes, this is the way it's happening. And sometimes people rush a little bit too much, people, souls. And you have all kinds of experience. But mainly, mainly the mainstream of that moment is held in love, is held in consciousness, is held in pure, pristine light. And it is a moment, and it's not a moment, but it is... hmm, hard to describe. Um, Yeah, it is pure love, pure consciousness. And it is an opportunity to be propelled in the next stage of yourself. 
I just had this memory of childhood in Cedar Point. It's an amusement park, theme park rides in Ohio. It's got very good roller coasters. And growing up, you would go and you'd wait in line to go on these huge coasters. And then there'd be these huge rushes. And each one's different and has different challenges or parts where you get excited or afraid. <laughs> and then you run to the next one. But you want to always talk afterwards about what the experience on the ride was like. So it's kind of like if are the in-between lives like... Well, that was amazing. Let's go on the next one. Most of the time, it is what is felt. That was amazing. Oh, I could have done differently. Oh, I didn't dare to do that. Oh, that's that's okay. And there is no judgment. That is the most important thing here. There is no such thing as a judgment. So it is about learning. It is about expanding. It is about moving forth because creation it's just that huge energy moving forth, unstoppable energy of growth. And there is a joy in the learning process of a lifetime. That is why it is wonderful when you are able to celebrate the lifetime of a dear one who just passed away, to celebrate the gifts, the presence, the learnings, the immense love that was conveyed, sometimes without words, sometimes with words, but the celebration of a lifetime is so worthy, so important. Okay, so I'm going to push this. Minds love to push things to the limits, as you know, collective. So I'm just going to put this out there just to help any minds that are super skeptical here. So someone could have like their grandmother's sweetest lifetime and they, you know, see how easy it is to celebrate. What? Because the mind likes to pull to the extreme. So about people that had done something they would regret or majorly regret. Let's say something like uh, to go to the biggest extreme the humans always go to, to Hitler. When Hitler dies, what happens at the end of that type of a lifetime where the humans often think it's the worst possible type of life to have had? Are you asking what's next for that soul? Well, are they received in love? Because the minds find it so hard to imagine that that wouldn't be punished, that that would be received in love. We have to say they are received in love. All souls, humane or monstrous, all souls are received in love. And stemming from that, we will say something that is truly important. Let's say someone did you wrong in your lifetime. Someone was the creator of an immense pain or suffering in your lifetime. When they die and you are alive, it is time to forgive. And we will explain why. It is time to forgive because when the soul is transitioning, there is the opportunity to reinvent itself. There lies the opportunity to be propelled by this loving energy that is offered to all souls crossing in order to, to choose differently. And so when you are able Let's say forgive is a big stretch here, but let's say if you are able to just release the hatred towards a person, and we're not speaking Hitler here, okay? We're speaking someone in a normal lifetime who did you wrong. If you are able, when they transition, to release the hatred at least, that is a gift not to them, not to you, but to them, you and humanity, to them, you and all the process of creation. 
So we're not saying it's mandatory. We're not saying you have to. We don't want to put any burden on you, but we are saying this is something to consider. When people are crossing over, they have this potential of choosing differently. And if you put on them the weight of the hatred, all the weight of the events that you experience with them, all the fear, all the pain, all the suffering, if you keep that alive, you're not helping yourself, you're not helping anyone. Can I ask you about ghosts? I have a theory. Can I see if it's right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. My theory on ghosts is that the body couldn't survive whatever traumatic death a ghost usually has gone through. So they get shot, they kill themselves or something. The body can't continue to live because the physical form has been restricted in some way that the body can't survive. But the mind of the being is still in post-traumatic stress disorder. It's like got PTSD. So it's just wandering around the same spot, but it's not in a body anymore. So it doesn't have the third dimension of time and space reality. So it can wander for 300 years <laughs> around the entry point or wherever the exit point was. But then it doesn't have time. So it might feel like 45 minutes of crying, but humans on the planet are spending 300 years watching this ghost wander around a castle with its head cut off. Is that actually what's happening? And then eventually it integrates and moves on? Yeah, well, actually that is what is happening. We, we will say all that you call ghosts. Let's say you have spirit, but then you have ghosts. Ghosts are considered energy that weren't able to rise they are still stuck with the mind compulsions. They are still stuck with the heaviness, the weight of the ego. And that's why they will have this kind of, they will stick to a place, they will have the same behavior over and over and over and over from one generation to the other in a house until someone releases them. So by all means, do that, help them go, help them find their light. And that's the only thing that needs to be said. There is light for you, find it, someone is waiting for you, look around. Tell that to the ghost. If you feel a heavy energy, show them the way out. And it might take a few times, but eventually when they feel that light energy, when they feel there is a way out and they have nothing to gain, hanging around these realms, they will just disappear. But you do have to give them a little kick, like the impulse that there is something much better for them if they just keep on the journey, keep on moving. They are looking for a payoff when they are staying around. And yes, you are right. It's most of the time people who have been going through death with a shocking way, a surprising way. Not all people who die this way will become a ghost, obviously not. But those who weren't, let's say, advanced in their understanding about the experience of life, those who were really identified with the body and even with the mind and not aware that they had an inner life force, these are the most subjects to remain hovering in this world until they are released consciously. What a magical world this is compared to the way humans have been living it. (laughs) 
we would say it is heavy, it is unpleasant, and it is not a space where we uh, would like people to just go play by curiosity. Oh, I'm not saying that. I was just saying that the fact that this could actually exist and this isn't like as humans think that this is just a story rather than a reality. Just thinking about the the committees, the crossing over, the graduation, all the dimensions and facets, not to say go play in the fourth that much, but... Okay, we thought you were speaking about ghosts, but it is fascinating and it is so important that people find the good books, the good teachers to show them what's out there, what is invisible, what's next. It is so important to cultivate this learning, to have the eagerness to understand, to have the the will to discover what are the potentials. And uh, we would dare say, it is time that uh, you consider living your life every day as if tomorrow was the day of your death, simply because you will be so much more conscious about what you are choosing to do, to be, to say, to think. And this is the way of living a worthy, enriching, wonderful life. If you fear death and you're not living your life, you're just passing by and you're missing the whole point. So being conscious that you are a finite being in the flesh, but that your soul keeps on the journey, this will give you a whole new perspective on what is happening in your daily life. Oh, this is so good. So right now, let's pull it to this time frame as well. So they're beginning to feel empathy more than they've probably ever been able to feel it. And so when they see the news reports or they hear about their neighbor that's gone to the hospital or they hear so many people have died in this country, in this country, in this town next to them, how can they handle and process that? Process the feelings, process the thought, be helping in a way. What are you aiming at? Well, a lot of people right now are just feeling the pain of the others or feeling the fear of them dying in such numbers right now so quickly at the same time. Like I think the United States is estimating about a quarter of a million people may die in the next few months. That's a very large number for humans that aren't in a wartime scenario, especially in the last 80 years. Those are huge numbers for people to look at from one specific cause. Mm -hmm. So how to deal with that? Yeah, how do they deal with the news when they see all this stuff? I think there's a lot of overwhelm emotionally going on. Of course, and it may be startling and it may be difficult and kind of triggering some depressed feelings. We would say understand that what is happening has a probably a larger meaning than what you can comprehend or understand right now. The clarity will come later. But now what is important to be done is to stay focused on the joy of being alive, the joy of being united in a way through the internet, through your devices. Focus on what you can create to support those who are crossing over and know that each time you are thinking of these people who are crossing over right now and you are sending them love and you are sending them support 
and you are staying aligned and centered the more you can, you are helping in a way. You are creating a bridge for them to cross in an easier way. So it is about reminding yourself that you have this kind of inner power to be with them in a way. Do not spend your days doing that, but you know, each time you think about that, be in that compassionate space, be in that accepting space and release the energy and make space inside of your own self so they can feel they have space to move on no matter how they crossed over. Here's a question someone recently that sent me a message about my views on death and how they may be triggering for suicidal people that to be this comfortable with death could encourage those that are suicidal to take action on their own lives. What is your perspective on that? Oh, no. Comfortable with death means honoring life. When you're comfortable truly with death, you understand the gift of life and you understand that your life is so precious no matter what is the state you are in. Of course, there are exceptions here. But mainly when we speak about people having suicidal tendencies, it is more an imbalance of the mind and the emotional body. So when you are working on your relationship to death to understand truly what is death, you are going to help release these mind blockages that are giving the tendency to consider suicide. It's not an easy task. It's not something that is, it's like there is no one recipe for everyone who is in that tendency. But the more you understand death, the more you have honor and respect for life. This is an absolute. So is it ever that humans should look as if it was a negative that someone has chosen to commit suicide? Because humans right now look at that as a horribly sad and terrifying experience. The ones that stay alive more than I can speak to the ones that have crossed. Once people cross over, they do not get the bad points for that. But the thing is, maybe they have a slower journey afterwards because they have to reconsider the value of a lifetime. And it is always a question of choice. It is always a, we would not say a personal, because by then there is no more human persona, but it is something that uh, has weight in the balance for sure. As much as that is true, and I'm not saying that when we talk about teenage suicide, that that is something I'm a proponent for at all. But when it comes to the end of life and the transition there, I as a creator being on the planet, love the idea, the potential that people can choose with their inner voice and their minds in alignment that when and if they find they have medical diagnoses or experiences and symptoms, or they just feel ready, that they may be able in a sovereign way to choose a beautiful experience that feels right for them rather than simply waiting for the equipment to run out. What is your thought on that? Where knowing that when someone has the wisdom to know that his or her time has come to die and they have gone so far on the path of self-discovery and self-awakening that they can manage the way out of the body. They do not need any form of equipment of any outside help. They can just release and choose even 
the portal in which they want to leave the body, creating, hence, the giving a head start to the next step. But this is for people who are advanced in their understanding of life and death, of the death processes, and of the right timing when they have accomplished what they came here to do and they are ready to leave. So there is no forcing in that. But this is such a topic of, it is so delicate when you speak about someone who has a sickness and is in the hospital and is looking for death because the life is so unbearable would not comment on that because these are all unique cases and they are meant to be dealt with in a particular way for each and every one of them. And a big mistake would be to put them in a bundle and say this is what is to be done and this is not what is to be done. Well, yeah, my point is that right now we are being put in a bundle that is you have to stay alive as long as possible. If we can keep you alive in the medical system in the United States, as an example, then you shall. And I really, really feel that there is a limitation to put everyone in that type of bundle. And I don't ascribe to that at all. I believe in the choice of the individual and the freedom. Yes, we agree to that. And some countries are open to allowing that the person is not forced into living with machines to sustain the systems when the will has gone. So yeah, hopefully more countries will be able to allow this to be the rule or the main possibility, the main potential that people may leave the body when they are ready to and not forced into maintenance, which is absolutely, in our terms, it is so unnatural. Yeah, I just really see the idea of a pleasurable passing Whatever that looks like, I guess I don't truly know, but I just want that to be a joyous situation that each individual gets to choose with less fear and with less medical professionals <laughs> weighing in on it. Yes, allow death to come back to its true nature of being a celebration and a process into the next step. And we want to let you know that death itself holds no pain. There is absolutely no pain in that process. There is only opening, space, potential. There might be pain before, while you are still in the human body, depending of your condition. Are you sick? Are you having an accident? Are you being shot? We don't know, and that's not what we are here to comment on. But we can assure you that the death process is something that is absolutely out of any kind of pain. Beautiful. Is there anything last words you'd like to share on the topic for anyone listening on the current situation in death or just death and the transition in and out of bodies? We are hoping that you will consider learning to know death, learning to celebrate life for what it is, learning to teach your children that death is a part of life Life is like a, we would say, it's a role, it's a play, it's like a pop-up boutique almost that happens, you know, in the neighborhood. It comes, it opens the door, it has something to offer as an experience, and then once the night has come, the pop-up boutique goes away and that's it. So it is about living your life, not thinking it. It is about being in the experience 
the more you are in the experience, the more you are thrilled by what is happening to you, even in challenging times, the more you are serene with what is, the more your life will be rich, will be tasty, and you will want to savor it. And you will know when your time has come, it's time to go and you will release easily. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Collective. And thank you, Annie. <laughs> it was our joy. Thank you so much. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you know anyone that might enjoy this, feel free to share it with them. And if you want to see what I'm up to on Instagram, you can find me at Jesse as in Cookie Lively. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>